The following podcast will contain graphic, disgusting, crass, foul, mature, and immature content. This is Rascal Toscobble, half-elf rogue. And nothing will stop me from killing Chad. It's just not in hard meat. Oh wow. The high off wizard. And I'm invincible. This is Sir Colvick Dykesy. Half orc cleric. And I like my lasagna baked. Previously on the Very Good Adventuring Team. I'll have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> she looks and she says, that's probably for the best. <laughs> Is there anything in particular that you're looking for? Undead types. Everyone in the bar is living? I'll have one food, please. <laughs> Make it two foods. You are cordially invited to join Chad the Lich for dinner tomorrow. How did these people get here? They was drawn from all over. Actually, I don't know. <laughs> Hard for us to get here. Yeah. yeah. We're invincible. Hey, I'm uh, pretty new to the area. Uh, what's going on? Uh, what's this giant building here? Uh, tower in town and going to play pogs with them casually. Neptunus, I got What's a voice for Neptunus? Hello! <laughs> Two or three on top of uh, it? I think it was a four. I think it was a four. Like eight, eight total. Scrambling to beat a seven is what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can beat that. We're going black. Black leather pants? Black. <laughs> Can be skin tight pants. Assless. Stupid sexy Colvin. <laughs> you walk a few miles through the city and you see that this land is actually doing pretty good. Eventually, Chad himself joins you in the room. Well, thank you all for joining me here. Please have a seat. Do you understand why? You, you've been sent here to. To do what exactly? To, to kill me? You guys know that I'm a lich, right? Uh, I'll, I'll just come back. Yeah. Uh, from what we've heard, if we can find your phylactery, uh, we, could, we, we could maybe do something about that. And do what exactly? I, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest about my aims and goals here, that I chose the chalice as my phylactery because it's all but indestructible. But we need that chalice. Oh yes, for the ritual, I know. And you can use it for that, it'll be fine. Um, okay, well, can we have it? I think your god is the one that's in possession of it now. I certainly don't have it. I don't need to watch over it as I would have for previous phylacteries. Oh yeah, that's right. What hmm. did you do to it exactly? Oh, I owned it. 
I put it on the t- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I filled it up, as it were, with my essence. <laughs> my essence. Well, the essence seems to be the problem. Uh, what he actually says is that um, he did, did what liches do. Said, I, I bound my soul to it. You see, there's... Well, I don't want to get too deep into the details, but there's the material world, and there's a world where spirits and souls dwell, and there's sort of like bubbles rising up in a champagne between those two planes. And Well, if you're good and smart and very, very talented, then you can push that bubble sort of back out and then reattach it to another thing. See, for all of you, your souls are attached to your bodies, and mine is, in a way, still attached to this one, but it's more attached to that chalice. Half of it, anyway. And that's what helps keep me attached to this mortal plane for as long as I desire. I don't suppose we could convince you to attach your soul to something else. Well, it would be very difficult to find something that would be of parallel quality to the chalice itself. I could potentially think of some other things that we could work with, but I would be very difficult to acquire. Okay, Chad. What are you thinking about? (laughs) He chuckles a little bit and snaps his fingers again. Another course of food comes in and it's like a, a big just fucking beautiful ham and a roast and like some vegetables and everything's steaming hot and perfectly prepared. Is he eating? He is not. Good question. Uh, this food is all for you guys apparently. So he looks at you, Melvin, and he says, it's funny you should bring this up because I was actually hoping to, well, I certainly don't want to split your allegiances, but I can always use people of your skill set. The fact that you made it all the way here is rare enough. The fact that you've, well, had some of the other exploits that you've had and, well, gotten the attention of the gods themselves, I think I could find a place for you. I don't demand fealty or loyalty or any of the rest of those things, but I am probably the most profitable employer around. Sit there and just eye Melvin, see how he's reacting, uh, eating my bag of raisins. Are you ignoring the food on the table? You're just eating raisins? <laughs> I am. Mm-hmm. You're ignoring like the huge delicious ham that's on 100%, the table? 100%, yeah. And you're eating raisins? Mm-hmm. I'm not. In, I'm eating delicious ham. Nice. You're digging right in. Mm-hmm. Kovicki looks over at you at one point and is like, Did you have a preference for Kenku? I could get some. I can make my own Kenku. If I, don't, if I want something, I'll make it. <laughs> Very well. Like these raisins. Like these raisins. You think you just grow raisins around here? No, you have prunes. They suck. Continue eating. We're not after money, Lich. We're after the chalice in its original condition. So if you have something you would like us to do, some object you would like us to fetch for you, name it. Then we can all be happy and all go on about our business. You seem to have a good thing going here. He says, I rather do, and I'd rather like to keep it. So, from there, what he goes on to detail is that he's agreeable to constructing a new phylactery. He doesn't have to be bound to the chalice itself. But what he needs to do is he needs to create a vessel of uh, essentially equal or greater value, for lack of a better way to put it, and of equal or greater durability to what he has now. And that would require several components. He says the first of these 
is the metal with which to fashion it. And he goes on to explain to you that there is a very, very large chunk of what he keeps calling star metal. What you, uh, I think Melvin would at least pick up on is that somewhere to the north of this land is a, essentially an, an asteroid, as, as we would know it, that came crashing down some untold millennia ago. And it's fashion of a made of, I guess that's the, just the best way to say that, is made of some immensely, immensely um, strong, durable metal, uh, sort of a silverish hue to it. And it's just fucking impossible to get off of this boulder and work and all the rest of it. But there are people who know how to do it. There are craftsmen who are capable. And if you got a sufficient amount of it, that would be the base requirement for this new phylactery for him. He says, if you can get him a pound of this material, that would be the first start. He would outfit you with whatever you needed for the quest and all the rest of it, um, which shouldn't be you know, too terribly much, but you'd have to go and fetch this stuff and bring it back and then talk about the next set. How about you just tell us everything that you need and we can kind of go do it all at one time. Hmm. Give away my secrets, wizard? I think not. The art of lichery is a long and very closely held secret. We'll gather the pieces. You won't be the only one working on it, but you guys will be getting the important stuff. I don't trust most of my current lackeys to do this for me. What are you guys thinking? I like to know, uh, you said only certain people can get it off this uh, asteroid, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Who yeah, would there's... these? I'd ask. Who would these people need to be? Uh, he says you'll find people that are there. There's like a whole town built up around this rather large uh, chunk of rock and metal. Um, people have been are like always working on this thing. It's the mineral they make the stargates from. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm thinking. I guess we say we'll accept this quest. But at this point, I agree with him there's no sense killing him if he's bound to the chalice because he's just going to come back so no sense wasting our time so at this point i just want to say yeah we'll, we're going to go ahead and do this but uh we need to go back and talk to exude and and uh see if she was actually going to tell us what the hell's going on because <laughs> we were sent in here to kill this guy who can't be killed and that's information we probably could have used like yesterday <laughs> She did say, let me go back and, and uh, I don't know if, fuck man, it's hard for me to remember what I said this far back. Basically what she said was that if you kill Chad, his body will reform near the chalice. And so they were going to have you kill Chad where he's at to get him out of the like range where her magical influence can't be felt. Mm. And then once he reforms there then she was going to do what the fuck ever she didn't explain to you. Right. I don't remember that part. I thought, thinking back, I just remember the part where the chalice was tainted. But do you guys remember that part? Yeah, and we had to remove the taint. <laughs> Giggity. Yeah, maybe well, I didn't say all that quite out loud, or I, it's hard to remember back that far. I mean, you very well could have. 20 episodes ago at this point. So but yeah, the idea was you were to go here, kill Chad destroy the body basically that he's in and then that would force him to reform near where the chalice was where the <laughs> taint was well hmm 
At the same time, I'm also interested in getting some star metal. This metal, yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah. I'm also thinking that we need to get him out of this tower somehow. Why? We can rob it? Well, I think there's something to a lich in his lair, too. And I think this is his home. And I don't think we want him in this place when we decide to kill him. <laughs> he already decided we're going to kill him. I think eventually we're going to have to. What? Just been meddling on this one. I, I mean, in my mind, having him, that book can come into play probably in point somewhere. Yeah, we haven't I mean, really investigated that. Mm-hmm. Looking at him looking in that book or something, but I don't know anything about that. All right, Chad. We'll get the star medal for you. Excellent. I'm glad we could come to an arrangement. Anything else that you guys wanted to talk about or do or ask or anything to Chad whilst you have him at the table enjoying dinner? No. Well, Chad, mm-hmm. pleasure to meet you. You're quite a rational, reasonable mm-hmm. fellow. And uh, I'll actually ask him in the my snarky manner with raisins, how come all these people like you around here? You seem to have a pretty good name for yourself. <laughs> He chuckles and smiles and kind of like almost almost takes on like a posture of humility for a moment. He says, well, that's what happens when you're good to people. Mm, all people? Well, there are those that break the law and there's always penalties for laws being broken. But those that come here and live under the rules of this kingdom are welcome to be here and live lives as they choose. They can be independent. I, As I said earlier, I don't demand fealty or loyalty. I just ask that people don't screw each other over and well we're we're building towards something here okay well alrighty chad chaddy chad 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 chadster <laughs> are you really trying to provoke him by fucking with his name a little bit <laughs> i'm just trying to get i think i'm just trying to get like a some kind of different reaction out of him uh, I can tell you that that in and of itself doesn't do it. I mean, if you... Do you want to try to, like... Poop on the table, or...? <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible for him to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, get up there. Oh, doesn't yeah. mean I can't try to. <laughs> or appear to. <laughs> little minor illusion up there. Which you could make real. <laughs> <laughs> like duck walk across the table and just... Lay out a 26-foot rope like that one dude did. <laughs> oh no! Um, so poking fun at his at his name doesn't seem to really get a rise out of Chad. If there's a if you want to like intimidate, persuade, or do something else, we could certainly go down the dice path for that. Uh, but just like poking fun at his name doesn't doesn't get you very far. Well, I guess this is uh, what we got to do. I don't I don't know. Sounds good. So as we're walking out of the building, I'm going to turn around. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to create some kenku right on the table, but it's going to be, like, undercooked. It's just going to be a dead kenku laying there. Oh, gross. It's oh, no. a dead kenku. He's like, there's some kenku for you. And then walk out <laughs> along. Ooh, the ultimate fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I when, kenku your table. When you do that, does that kenku just manifest out of the air? Or is it like, somewhere in the world... The Kenku disappear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making him extinct with all these stupid jokes. <laughs> so there I was at the store trying to pick out a birthday present for my wife. What? Steve? 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 <laughs> oh. Yeah, you you uh plop that onto the table and uh 
Uh, I'll say between Melvin's like poking at his name and you leaving a big dead bird person on his on his table, you you get like a a sort of confused frown out of uh, out of this guy. Um, he's walking with you up to like the front doors, and he uh, he looks to you, Kolvik, and he says, "You know, it it really doesn't have to be like this." Um, and he looks over at Melvin and says, there's no reason for us to be adversaries. There's no reason for us to be enemies. I understand that you have a goal and I have my own goals and, well, they're not at cross purposes and they may not align, but that doesn't mean that we have to be against each other. Why don't you go out and fetch this medal for me and we'll talk about compensation when you get back. And I think you'll find me to be a very fair and rational employer. And then we'll talk more. And as as you guys are getting up to the door, like the door, there's like two people there and they pull open the door and he kind of like puts like a hand on Kolvik's shoulder for just a moment. And he says, and by the way, Kolvik, the gods aren't the only source of power in this world. You are a very effective conduit. Keep it in mind. Mm. 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 I'm just going to kind of take his hand off my shoulder. I've never been good with the undead. And just walk. Nice. Ooh, burn. burn. Oh, man. He's not even going to sleep tonight, probably. <laughs> or ever. Or ever. Play some aloe, Chad. It only... <laughs> <laughs> no, it only makes sense that, I mean, just Clash. Cleric going into an, a lich territory. Mm-hmm. A lich employee. Mm. It's not gonna gonna be some ruffles, if you will. Sure, sure. Ruffles on those chips. Ooh, I'm just you know I thought for sure this Chad was going to be a grade A douchebag, and he's just kind of a stand up guy. I mean, with a name like Chad, right? Only the finest people are named Chad. It's true. So let's say Chad. you guys uh, you guys roll on back to uh, I don't know. What do you want to go? Do you want to go to like tavern? Back to your own rooms? What are you thinking? I think we need to. Go back to somewhere, our room, and see if we can get a hold of Exude. We need to send her a message. Yeah. Yeah, it seems right. You got the message stone, Rasko? Do I have a message stone? Yeah, don't we have the stone? I have a message bone. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus H. Are you using all of our message stones on little sext? (laughs) Hey, babe. It's just been you up over and over again. What do you want to send to Exude? You guys have got 25 words. Your rocky talky. Met Chad. We should talk. Much confusion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you get a fairly prompt response uh, that says, "What would it say?" D-d-d-d. Message three four one five did not complete. Please text him a message again. Uh, so she says, "I'll meet you back at the last stop." Which, if you'll recall, was the tavern just outside of the influence of Chad's kingdom that you guys uh, what? Uh, basically were dropped off at. Oh, and I'm sorry, I should have mentioned, or I should have said earlier, that Chad is offering you, like, transport back out to get, like, out of this oh, area. okay. So you guys aren't going to have to do... <laughs> like, an outer... Not, like, out from around his tower, but still in Priprio, or Periprio. Uh, he's going to give you guys, um, fuck, I didn't think about this enough. (laughs) My bad. 
Uh, he's basically, you guys are going to get a ride in a way that I'm going to figure out later. That'll, that'll fast forward through all of the this bullshit sweet, like, it took to get here. That's going through the marsh. Ride on a dragon. I don't fucking know. Whatever it is, you guys will, you guys don't have to think about transport to get back out there. You're going to be sent there. Let's just say it's like Dimension Door or something like that. What direction are we heading now? Then back to the city? Uh, so you guys were at the tower, which is the furthest east that you've made it. You've okay. gone back west into the city, back to the yeah. tavern or wherever you want to be. Because he said this star thing was north. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be north of where we were or from this town? Uh, a little bit of both. Okay, like kind of like a northeast direction. Yeah, because it, it's... It's fairly far north of where you are, okay. and is, in fact, not terribly far from the sunken city, in fact. Um, I really should just have a big-ass map prep for you guys, but uh, you'll be able to... Well, really, there, there's like the one road that goes through the kingdom here. You're going to take that road or some other means of travel back out to the last stop, and you'll go north from there. Gotcha. In the significantly less hard-to-travel-through territory. Let's uh, start with Roscoe. Summarize your uh, vast experience with leveling up to level 15. For level 15, I already don't remember. It literally just happened. That <laughs> happened like 20 minutes ago. You guys have been all digging through your spells and shit. Well, I got... Uh, oh, I remember. <laughs> I don't remember what it's called, but I remember what happened. I got proficiency bonus and wisdom. But there's a term they call it rather than proficiency bonus and wisdom expertise is it no you had one job it's expertise all right let's start again (laughs) (laughs) for level 15 i got slippery mind which gives me proficiency and wisdom i got another d6 on my sneak attack proficiency and wisdom saving throws or wisdom okay and uh and i rolled a five for my hit points and that's that Probably your lowest roll yet for hit points. Yep, it's on the lower end for me. <laughs> Stupid what, average being low. What are your hit points now? 94. Oh, that's really good. That is good. That's an insane amount of hit points. You've got like a whole goblin tribe worth of hit points. <laughs> that's a cool way to think of it. <laughs> I have as many hit points as all of you. Sweet. Invincible. Invincible. You know, I... For a long time, I was really thinking about like this really interesting, or at least I hoped would be interesting, end to this campaign. But I think the only appropriate end now is killing you guys. I think it's got to get to the last episode, and I'm just going to murder you. You can try. <laughs> Fail. Whatever. I'm going to word and recall out of there. You can kill them all you want. <laughs> and you word of recall into your hiding place, and there's another terrorist. <laughs> A terrorist. There's only so there can be two of them in a land. I thought there there can only... be a lot of them in a land. What? I am the DM. No. That which I say goes. You guys think you're invincible, but I can just make more shit. <laughs> make something that makes us word of recall teleport them into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> into the third dimension. Into, into Melvin's asshole. <laughs> Whoop. You are all sucked slowly into Melvin's butthole. Oh, imagine being sucked into your own butthole. <laughs> well, like, like Melvin's holding onto a railing well, while you guys get sucked in and then he gets sucked inside out into it. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry, will- team! 
same. I'm unwilling to sacrifice myself to my own butthole, so I'm taking everybody with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, Kolvik, tell me about your level. Pretty uneventful. I did get a level eight spell. Holy aura. And I can read it. It's pretty long. We can find out when I actually use it. Okay. Holy diver. Holy aura. Why don't you tell me, uh, what is the, what's the summary? It's, it's an aura of holy stuff. And it's what? an aura of holy stuff. And so the creatures of your choice in that radius, when you cast a spell, shed dim light in a five-foot radius and have advantage on all saving throws and other Smell creatures. Smell my holy aura. <laughs> <laughs> Eric. That joke, oh, it stinks. <laughs> that joke occurred to me like seconds before I did that. Like, Kolvik should fart out his holy aura. <laughs> so many butthole jokes. Everybody likes their own holy aura. <laughs> I think it smells good. <laughs> Not Roscoe. Not Roscoe. Well, uh, I guess we get the idea. Oh. Thank, thank you, Kolvik, for trying to read. Yep. Have advantage on saving throws. Other creatures have disadvantage on attack rolls against them until the spell ends. In addition, oh, feeds an undead who try to melee attack will have to get a uh, constitution saving throw or be blinded. Blinded? If someone fights one more time, guys, I swear. For how long are things blinded? Until the spell ends. Ooh. My concentration ends. And that's a pretty badass spell, yeah. dude. Disadvantage on attacks against mm-hmm. you guys alone is yeah. huge, which is awesome if it's in that uh, realm. That'd be really cool. And I took the gracious DM's five out of my constitution to a total of seven extra. What's your total at? 87. 87. Uh, Roscoe, what's your armor class? 16. Kolvik? 20. Right on. Sweet, sweet deal. Melvin, tell us about your sweet, sweet level. You didn't even have any pizza, and it smells like pizza farts. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I just high, farted high also. Metabolism. Broccoli chicken alfredo for lunch, so uh, I don't know what's doing it. Yep, okay. <laughs> it, it smells like the pizza you just ate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> How did you fight what I just ate? <laughs> <laughs> Magic. <laughs> In the land of D&D, anything is possible. <laughs> you eat it, I fart it. <laughs> that would be... It's my that, talent. <laughs> that seems like a t-shirt you'd get in like a, like an Asian market. Like if you go to China or Thailand, you would see a shirt that says, you eat it, I fart it. Melvin, for the first time in 15 levels, decided to roll for his hit points. And... <laughs> Exceeded expectations and got 7 HP versus his typical 6. Uh, also gained uh, gained an 8th level spell slot, and I decided to use the spell Sunburst. Creatures in a 60-foot radius around a point you choose make a constitution save. If they fail, they take 12d6 radiant damage Ooh. and are blinded for one minute. If they pass, they take half damage and are not blinded. If an undead or ooze is making the save, they do so with disadvantage. Hmm. A blinded creature can repeat the save at the end of its turn. They aren't blinded anymore in success. Magical darkness in the spell's radius is dispelled when this is cast. And that's it. Badass spell. Yeah, it sounds pretty good, huh? Holy hand grenade of spells. 12d6. Holy moly. Yeah. 
We're now all at Invincible 15. Invincible level 15. You guys aren't even level 20 yet. Just because I haven't decided to kill you yet. Invincible. Remember that time we fought two adult dragons and kicked their asses? We're dead. We're dead. We died. Do you remember that time that it could have been four adult dragons? <laughs> uh, we died. Well, uh, we'll see, you know? Because, I mean, right now, basically what I'm doing is there's a calculation for what you guys should have per encounter. So let, me, uh, let me just pull this up real quick. From the excellent resource that is Cobalt Fight Club, cobalt.club, if anyone's curious. And I can specify that you guys are three level 15 characters. What that tells me is that a deadly encounter is worth about 19,200 experience points for you guys. And that the quote-unquote daily budget for experience, meaning like if you guys had several encounters for a day, would be 54,000. So what I've been doing is I've been picking uh, a point like, two-thirds of the way up that. So, like, 54,000 being the number, I would probably pick something like 45,000 for you. So, I guess I'll just have to step that up to the full 54,000 and see what happens in our next encounters. See how invincible you guys are. I'll keep pushing that envelope. Whatever floats your boat, man. I mean, I don't want you guys to feel bored. Uh, Definitely not bored on this end, but... Pretty boring when you're invincible. Let's see here. If we were to fight adult black dragon, which you guys just fought, two of those is worth about 34,500. Uh, <laughs> if you had a third one, it's 69,000. Nice. <laughs> yes. The nicest thousand. The nicest of battles. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, maybe I just throw uh, four at you for 92,000 and we'll see what happens. It won't be dragons, though. I'll pick something different next time. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter? Doesn't matter. I really do feel like our listeners want to hear you guys get killed at some point now. I don't think they do. <laughs> I think. Did, I mean, do, yeah, do you want to root for the winner, or do you want comeuppance? listeners, if you're out there, do you want us to live or die? I'm not hearing live. an answer. <laughs> live. <laughs> live. Let her live. Great choice. Hey there, folks. How's living for you? I gotta tell you that it's been a little crummy on my end as I've been sick for the past two weeks. My throat is burning and I can't stop coughing. I don't have much of interest to pass along this week except for one specific thank you to someone who sent a message to us through Twitter. I won't read the whole conversation to you, but one line stood out. I know you guys think you are just friends doing a podcast, but sometimes just friends doing a podcast can be more than that. So to the person who sent us that message, I shared that with the rest of the gang, and you got a wow out of all of us. Wow. Thanks for taking the time to write something heartfelt and genuine. We were all very grateful. And that's about it for this week, because my throat is killing me. Let's get back to the action. The door to the last stop in the town of Redane cracks open, and the three of you are entering the bar. 
You see the familiar bartender, Genghis, who you remember from earlier adventuring. The massive orc missing his right hand. He waves with his left. And he says, I, can, I don't know if I can remember the accent well enough, but he says, I apparently made it back. Got what you were uh, looking for uh, from old Chad then, eh? Big lady was looking for you, chums. She's uh, in the Whirlpool suite. Big lit, big lady? Uh, what, does she, what does she look like? She's a big lady. Big lady. What do you mean, big? I was like big. Like big, big. <laughs> like rotund? No, like tall. Oh, okay. Uh, of a mighty height. So, I know, Genghis, you have a PhD in Chad. You might be interested to know we actually met him. Oh, did you now? Come have a seat. Let's have a beer. Sounds good to me. Or uh, wait. Should we keep waiting while we have a beer? Natasha, she'll understand. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fa- fair enough. Yeah, there's uh, three stools open at the bar. It's Let's just call it uh, early afternoon, so the crowd here isn't quite as heavy as it would normally be in later parts of the day. Three adjacent stools at the bar. You sit down. Starts pouring a, a couple of grogs for you guys out of the... I, I really don't know what what you would do. I mean, they didn't have taps and shit back then, would they? I mean, do they just have fucking pitchers or something? Or I just imagine, like... The big barrel up on a something on a stand or something. Oh yeah! And then there's like a tap in the barrel or something. And yeah. Just like, the bung hole. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are in the bung hole, bro. Getting grunt. Fresh from the bung hole. Like a bunch of fucking beavers. Bung hole. Our level of maturity will never increase. Nope. <laughs> Let me just squeeze you off one on the bunghole here. <laughs> it starts, starts pouring you, pouring you out some fucking grog. It's a crowd. What's he like then? Tell, tell me all about old Chad. Tell me what he's about. And what he's he an asshole. He I don't like him. I don't Seems trust like a nice him. guy. Yeah. I, I, contrary to our friend Kolvik over here, seems like pretty nice guy. Oh, I'm getting a bit of a mixed uh, review from you then. Oh, what's uh, Kovac? I'd, li- I'd like to hear your uh, dissenting opinion first. I just don't trust him. He's a knuckerphobe. I've heard about them. <laughs> <laughs> and you're welcome to stay, but you know. Just seemed uh... to <laughs> do it in the bar. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust him. He just seems too charming for the part. He's just, I don't trust him. Oh, too nice. Not something you hear a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what about you then, over there, wizard? I mean, I'm going to give a little bit of extra stuff to my friend here with the, the shared orcish background, but uh, what, what, uh, what do you think about him? I gotta say, I, I had some preconceptions about what I thought Chad was going to be all about, and I uh, feel like maybe I was pretty wrong. I feel like, feel like, he's, uh, feel like he's an okay guy. Oh, okay, like in what way? Well, I just thought, you know, he's going to be this kind of evil, nefarious dude and maybe would try to kill us right away or who knows what. And seemed pretty reasonable. All right. Bet you then, Mr. Stabby Stab with the knives and whatnot that you threw into my wall. <laughs> he runs a tight ship. He's well liked by his people. <laughs> From the garage. Yeah, Rick over here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, jeez, oh, Roscoe, what did you think of him? <laughs> well, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good guy. <laughs> all right, all right, then. Well, I might like to tell me, uh, give me some details here. Is he like uh, 
cast any spells and be real powerful and stuff? Do you have like a big staff or anything? He turned me into a newt. <laughs> yeah. He, he eyes you inquisitively until you say I got better. <laughs> <laughs> I got better. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, was really nice. He was a hospitable host. He gave us a lot of food. And uh, and uh, that was that was pretty much it. Oh, that's wonderful. If you guys wouldn't mind, uh, you know, writing up a brief essay of your uh, experience, I wouldn't mind having that around as a part of my research. I've already got the doctorate, but you know, I'm still thinking I'm going to publish the book at some point. So, uh, so, um, so, uh, Genghis, do you have a, a book on uh, on liches or Chad? Well, it's not a complete book yet, but it's you know, it's a series of notes. We've got a bit of an outline put together. Do you think we could, uh, you know, give it a, a read over for you? Well, like right now, you want me to like read you the whole thing? Like, uh, yeah. you... can we bar- can we borrow it? I'll, uh, you know, maybe overnight take a take a look at it. Well, I suppose we could. Yeah, we could probably. As long as you don't leave the, uh, long as you don't leave the tap room here, I could have you borrow it out in the tap room. I just can't have you get out them. Not, not a lot of photocopiers around here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair. He will. He will, in fact, let you borrow his notes, but he's definitely not going to let them out of out of his sight because he doesn't. There's no fucking photocopiers. He's got no way of it. Ooh, I want to see. If, um, I want to take out the book of foreskins and see what he thinks about that. So you pull out the book of foreskins and you plop it onto the bar. Let's see here. How does he feel about that? Uh, he is immediately and viscerally reacting in a negative way to this book and is like, put it away, put it away, put it away, put it away. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's like, as soon as he sees the, the side of the corner of the cover, he's turned, averts his gaze and has like got a handout to you blocking his view of the book. He apparently knows what this thing is. Uh, Genghis, man, we found this book that this lady had on the road to Chad. But we have no idea what it is. But we think it makes people crazy. Yeah, right. That would do that. That would do that. That's a lot of really horrible things in there. Horrible, horrible things in there. What? What is this book? Well, it's like, you know, there's like you look around, you see like all the stuff that's around you and like all the bits and bobs and whatnot that make up everything. Yeah. And then there's like, like if you just turn it around and there's like a mucky bottom side to it. That Like that's what that book is. Like, like the upside down? Well, I'm not quite caught up on Stranger Things right now, but like, I mean, yeah, I mean, something like that. Well, what's it, what does, what is this book good for? Ha! Huh, absolutely nothing. <laughs> good God. Is he our foreskin? One of the foreskins that it's <laughs> <laughs> He's just, he's horrifyingly reunited. <laughs> he, he plucks a foreskin off the cover. <laughs> so there you are. <laughs> <laughs> but if that's how you opened it, you had to like like key slot it in. To... <laughs> that's the dust cover. <laughs> that's the biometrics you have to match here. That's your penis to the foreskin you yeah. gave. <laughs> like Only the... a select number of people can open this book. The cover like doot 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 match. <laughs> you see, I lost my foreskin years ago. I had no clue where it went. I found it. Um, so he, he goes on to explain to you that the book itself is a part of the, a part of what you need to understand about the structure of the universe to do the things you need to do to become a lich. I see. 
So this is only good if you want to become a lich. There's no real other use for this crazy book. Well, not that anybody else has really, like, figured out so far. Is there anybody else who would know more about this book? Nobody knows more about liches. Oh, I flatter myself, no. There's plenty of people who probably know more, like, uh... People I can't think of right now, but... <laughs> would you like to buy this crazy book? Hey, no. Nope. <laughs> Not interested. That would make me go nuts. <laughs> so, how how do you use this book? How would we figure out uh, how to use this? If, we, if one wanted to become a lich, what would they do with this book? Hmm. I don't think... Well, let's do it on a roll. I don't think that that's a thing he would know, but I will roll for it. Yeah, that's not good enough for that. I don't. He doesn't understand. He doesn't understand the, the like the facets, the deepest facets of being a lich. Like, so let me step back here for just a second. The the secrets to becoming a lich are very carefully guarded. And even though this guy is probably one of the most well researched candidates out there about it, it's just not a thing that anybody would know. I mean, it'd be like, it's the equivalent for us today, thinking of it in American terms, would be like, the secrets of getting rich. Like, there's probably ways that you can pretty predictably and reliably get rich, but they're not things that anybody is sharing with the rest of us plebs. Like, that's equivalent to literary. Like, you could do things to prolong your life and, you know, get a little more money and probably safely retire and whatnot, but to, like, infinitely prolong your life, not something that's just bandied about in any old shop or uh, book. Gotcha. Hmm. All right. It was a really weird analogy. I've been reading way too much economic and political theory lately. So, <laughs> so I'm going to ask him, how do you feel about Chad? Well, I never quite met him. I mean, he's a fascinating individual, but, you know, liches. I'm a little surprised to hear you guys talk about him being a good guy. Usually the process seems to make people go a little batty, you know, woo. It's just kind of <laughs> not really a great thing for the old brain. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, you know, I mean, I'm kind of on the 50-50, you know, I'm going to side with my kin here, so I'm giving you an extra vote there, Mr. Kolvik, but, uh, well, that's a better report than I've seen before. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Genghis. I think uh, I'll be back later, maybe to have a few beers or drinks so and or drinks. We should ask him about where we're going, I would think. Maybe he would know something about the lands. Yeah, good idea. Um, trying to think. So we were told by Chad, we're going to go gather an asteroid. Do you know anything about these asteroid lands? Oh, so you're, you're working for them then. That, that seems like a real safe option for long-term employment. Yeah, you, you're talking about the, uh, the asteroids up in the, up in the desert lands. That's up north of here, quite a ways, quite a, quite a journey, a little bit further than the Periprio and the cities around there. Yeah, a whole big city up around it. It's just, uh, just got a kind of down north and a little bit to the east and you'll find it. Seems right around up there. Is there a safe way to get there? Uh, you know, I mean, that depends on lots of your definition of safe. You all you always seem very capable, though. Alright. I feel like we're going to have to find a better way to travel this time around. I feel about that. Yeah, maybe Exude has a idea or so. Now let me know what we're doing. Maybe there's horses for sale in this town. Maybe I'll just polymorph you guys into something that can fly and I'll ride you. <laughs> Wizard's privilege. <laughs> well, I'm doing the hard work of polymorphing. <laughs> you guys do have... I wonder what the best flying thing for polymorph would be. 
737 Max. <laughs> With or without the upgraded software. <laughs> Topical. <laughs> Current. I polymorph you yeah. into a 737. Ugh, I just uh, pictured an organic 737. Oh, no. <laughs> that would be terrifying. Ugh. And you got to crawl into some orifice. I feel like the longer we're here, the more I'm drinking, the more angry I'm getting about Lich. About uh, Chad. Yeah. How angry how? Tell me more about your feelings. Well, I just feel like the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, just kind of goes in. I'm working for a lich right now. I hate liches. I hate the undead. What am I doing here? And then, but I'm not saying, this is all internal. I'm like, what are we doing here? Just Great. looking over in your little fucking like clay pot that you're drinking out of is slowly getting crushed. <laughs> There's divots in the bar where you've been gripping too tightly. Cracking his knuckles around, I'm like... <laughs> Alright, well, did you guys have anything else in particular you wanted to uh, check in with Genghis about, or can I stop doing that voice now? <laughs> I think I'm good with Genghis. Okay. So what I'm going to do, basically because you guys asked, you know, quite a bit of questioning here, you made, uh, made a friend, and Melvin, you're going to come back down and review some notes later, presumably, etc., uh, so anything that you guys want to know about liches in the future, what I'll do is I'll give you advantage on any of those roles. Cool. Nice. As a, as a reward for your inquisitiveness. And it'd be about the only source of accurate and reliable, you hope, lich knowledge in the area. Who knows? Maybe this guy's got a bunch of weird supposition and bad information in his notes and books, but we'll find that out when you start rolling for things. <laughs> <laughs> all right well we should probably go see what Zoot, exude has to say right then tops off all of your grogs and sends you off to the finest suite in the last stop and uh, as you open the door there is exude and she's just kind of sitting on the edge of the bed she's wearing like a you know you're used to her wearing more like greek sort of uh, what would you call that toga and whatnot very traditional god and goddess attire and this time she's wearing like a big, like a monk's robe, basically. So you can tell she's been sort of traveling incognito, um, probably with the hood up, etc. And as you enter the room, you can tell that she has very definitely been waiting for you. Let me just do a quick roll to see. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> <laughs> far. <laughs> <laughs> That's high enough for a fart. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing if you really could just like roll a fart? Oh, here we go. <laughs> roll for sound. What? what happens with you have a critical failure? <laughs> <laughs> I think you know what happens. You're touching cloth then. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, so she rolled low enough on her perception that she can't tell that you guys were sitting out in the bar for a long time. So she thinks you guys just got here and graciously went to go talk to her right away. As you enter the room, she stands up fairly quickly and she says, Well, tell me what you found out. I assume Chad still lives, such a life as that is. What happened? We gotta get some rocks for him. <laughs> Excuse me? Well, glad they give up the chalice and remove his dirty taint from it. <laughs> <laughs> if we do some things for him. 
so Exude is a little taken aback by that. She is speechless for a moment, and let's just see. Actually, you know what? I'm going to do it this way. Rather than me rolling for her reaction, Roscoe, why don't you give me a charisma check? Just straight up charisma. Alright, so I got an 11. An 11. She's not outright mad, but you can tell she doesn't seem super pleased with the fact that you guys are essentially working with him. She says, uh, let's see, what would she say from there? She looks to you and she says, and you just trust that he'll keep his word if you go through with whatever it is that he's got you going on errands for. Well, Exude, what choice do we have? He's bonded to the chalice. We can't destroy the chalice. If we kill him, he's just going to come back to life. Do you have a better idea for us? We were going to kill him and then trap him when he reappeared near the chalice and then get out the information out of him that we needed to, or just kill him over and over and over again until he gave. Where's the chalice now? The chalice is safe. And when you say we are going to kill him, who did you mean by we? Well, we could wait until you got back and you could participate, or those of us who are interested in the future of this world could have done it. Seems like that whole town is pretty dependent on him, though. Dependent? What do you mean? I mean, he seems benevolent. Benevolent? Why don't you give me another uh, charisma roll off of that? Because that would be a new piece of information for her. Six. (laughs) (laughs) She spits the word. Benevolent? Benevolent? What do you mean? He's a lich. Yeah, no, that's what I thought, right? Am I right? Am I right? Zato kind of chime in. I don't trust him. He's got all these people under his hands, but he gave us a gracious offer and he was very kind to us. What do you make of this? Huh. Interesting to hear Kolvik pleading the case after your comments earlier. Kolvik, why don't you give me a charisma check? Mm, Not as much better. I don't know. Charisma? 14. Kolvik's a little more successful than Roscoe was in convincing her. And uh, she is... Well, she's at at least willing to kind of bear this out and see what happens. She says, well, I suppose this is the path we we have to work with. What did he ask you to do? Well, (laughs) at this point, I'm just going to kind of lay it out because I do trust Exude more than Chad. We're looking for an asteroid. We are looking in this field. He told us to go get part of this rock and bring it back to him. And uh, a look of recognition crosses over her face. She, you can tell that she knows what you're talking about and what he's, by extension, talking about. And she says, oh, some of the star metal. Well, that would make sense. He'll need something else to bind his soul to, and it sounds like that's what we're trying to do here is, well, transfer it over. I suppose that's a believable alternative to killing him. What do you suppose he might need in addition to the star metal? Uh, Exude says, I don't really know. The secrets of becoming a lich are beyond what I've ever dabbled into. Knowledge that I neither care for nor want. But Hey, check out this foreskin book. <laughs> Isn't it weird? <laughs> are you going to do the, like, the flip and open in front of everything? No, but I'm going to toss it to her so she has to touch the foreskins. <laughs> Here. It's this book. You whip it at her and she catches it. 
and she gives it sort of a nonplussed look and then just tosses it on the bed behind her. <laughs> well, what do you, is there any other use for this star metal that we could make out of it besides giving it to Chad? Uh, she says, absolutely. Star metal is one of the most valuable commodities on this planet. Would it have any inherent magical properties? Uh, she says that it does not have inherent magical properties, but it is exceptionally light and exceptionally strong. She says, weapons and armor that are made from it are among the most highly prized items in this world, and perhaps uh, it would be known to you guys that even the smallest pieces of jewelry, even so much as a ring, would be worth uh, several fortunes. The metal itself is all but impossible to glean from the asteroid itself, and then fashioning it and shaping it beyond that requires immense power. Hey, is this thing still an asteroid, if it's already crashed into the planet? Wouldn't it be a meteorite? Look at fucking Bill Nye over here. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? No, you're co- absolutely correct. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Told you I've been reading political science, not fucking science science. (laughs) Anyway, so, the meteorite. (laughs) The asteroid. So who can forge this? Or, like, a fashion... Who would be able to work the metal? People in the village where it is? Because they've been working... Didn't we go... Did we go over that? Like, as a side? Uh, I don't know how much detail I put into it at the time, but she says that there are those who are near this asteroid. So this asteroid, let's step back, and I'm just going to kind of describe this out of character for a second. The asteroid itself is huge. It's like the size of like what we would consider a McMansion-sized house. Like It's fucking massive. Meteorite. Asteroid. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. The meteorite. We'll go with meteorite. So this meteorite is is pretty damn huge, and people have been chipping away at this thing since before anybody can even remember. There's a huge like skid across the land and a crater that it's stuck into, and all around that has been this um, increasing and growing over the years village of people that are partially drawn to the metal, people who are craftsmen who are trying to get to it, um, people trying to get rich off of even just gleaning a little bit of the metal from it. And then, of course, uh, well, like I said, the the people that are capable of working with it. Can anybody just go up and chip away at it, or is that, like, to be determined in the store? Um, it is not guarded, if that's what you mean. You don't, you're not going to have to go and, like, you know, barter with anybody or make agreements to get to it. Like, it's a free game. Yeah, the thing is pretty huge, and, I mean, there's sort of, like, a a squatter's rights system of, like, you know, well, that's, uh, you know, Bill's patch over there. Nobody minds over there. Like, he's been working at that since he was six. But it is definitely big enough for multiple people to go to it. And because it is so challenging to work with, a lot of people go there, chip away at it for weeks or months or even years, get nothing from it and give up. Good. But, I mean, there's still a very large chunk of this metal available. And nobody knows how, you know, is it solid all the way through? Or is it just a shell on the outside? Because, well, just nobody's gotten that much off of it. So it's like purely this metal or is uh, it like an ore there was material around it and there is some like impurity in the ore uh, sort of what's there um but it's relatively like all of the the what do you call it the impure exterior to this meteorite <laughs> um would have like kind of chipped and washed away over years so most of what's there is exposed metal and it's fairly pure as of a mcmansion 
How do we? How do we mine the hardest stuff on the planet when we I don't have, have the idea. hardest stuff on the planet? I think that's a that's a later very good adventuring team problem. <laughs> Not a now if you get problem. So, all right, Exude. We can still kill him, but maybe it's worth going and trying to get some of the star metal for uh, maybe some weapons or armor, or maybe just flat out money so we can buy some other stuff or better equipped to take him on. Why don't you give me a charisma roll? If I must. You must. As a 12. 12. She's uh, she's not super impressed with any of you guys today. She's, uh, well, she's a little dissatisfied that you didn't carry out the exact ob- objective that she had tasked you with. But at the same time, you did come back with a viable alternative, or at least apparently viable alternative. Why don't you so. go ask your other adventuring team? Are you going to lip off to her? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, she... But anyway, so the summation of all of that is that she is agreeable to playing along with this plan, and worst case, you know, you guys can always try and kill him again later, so... There is still plenty of time. Uh, at this point, probably... We've been real fuzzy on timeline for a while here, but... What you know from conversation with her, etc., is that there's probably about six months left before the the event um, that's coming up, where like they've got to bring the chalice to the island and all that other fun stuff. So we're on the clock. Well, Exude, do you have any tips for killing Chad? I feel like we didn't really cover this. Like, what's going to be the best way to kill this guy? Should we decide to? Um, what does she know about that? I'll do a do a little roll in here. Damn, I was going to try and do that roll with advantage because she's been around for a long time and, well, you know, you guys are the heroes and all the rest of that, and I rolled an 18 and a 19. Um, so what she is going to say with the plethora of information that she has... Plethora? <laughs> What's that from? Three Amigos. Yeah. Fucking love that movie. The Invisible Swordsman. A plethora? What is a plethora? <laughs> I'm going to fill you so full of lead you could use your dick for a pencil. (laughs) (laughs) Exude goes on to explain to you with this mighty, mighty roll that probably the biggest thing you're going to have to worry about with Chad is that he has um, what are known as shield guardians. Effectively, what a shield guardian is, is it is a a golem of sorts but you can you can use these golems to transfer damage away from yourself and i'm explaining this mechanically so you guys can understand it easier but basically if you try and hurt chad the shield guardians are going to take the damage as opposed to chad or at least part of it so killing him versus killing these golems like she's not exactly sure which is going to be the best strategy to go forward with but your attacks aren't going to be as effective as you want them to be because he has a way of Episode 82, The Jimmy Carter of Liches, was released on April 28, 2019. Seven is the number of days you must wait to hear new adventures from... Vegan! 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 Vegan!
very good adventuring team. Farts, 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 far